Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the Learn and Proud podcast. You'd think I'd learn my lesson, you, you really would. I should have given up predictions after the Mickey Hart one and just settled and rested on my uh, winnings and just sat in that cause and never to do another prediction again. But I went very positive last week on the podcast, last Sunday's podcast, if you haven't heard for it, why I think GA will be back for restart. I thought... They were, they were hinting at it on the Saturday night of the All-Stars and I went through it last week. If you, it's still up there. It's still worthy of a listen um, in terms of breaking down how the GPA and the, the John Horan, the former GA president, Luke Theron, uh, kind of was hinting at the championship. The inter-county season will be back before um, April 5th. And news this week broke that it wouldn't. Inter-county football won't be back. Um, but uh, back before April 5th so it looks like we're going to have league championship whatever from May on run it on then till probably August something like that and then the, the, the county will split so something like that uh, but in National Congress the annual Congress yesterday which I'm going to get into now in a minute I'm going to through all the motions and how not just going through all the motions like literally going through the motions but I'm going to talk about how the emotions affect loud, how they're going to affect loud football, how they're going to affect the loud horrors, how they're going to affect loud for, uh, footballers in the county and club uh, going forward. And there is a number of them there that might, I'm going to give specific examples on how they're going to cut down on it and how they're going to improve or how they're going to work on teams around the county, this county, the wee county. But uh, just before I go on, just before we do the, the the Congress report, I'm going to say, I'm going to actually go on another uh, prediction. Tom Ryan said it, he said it yesterday, uh, oh sorry, on Saturday, yeah, during the annual Congress, that the Talton Cup looks to be um, the fall guy. It's not going to happen this year in the Championship. The way they squeeze on the fixtures and squeezing everything in, they're more or less, and they're slowly but surely, I, know, I don't know why they haven't come out and just done it, to hold out for as long as possible that they're just going to have um, more or less the same as last year straight knockout championship no super rates no total cup which they've kind of alluded to what Tom Ryan has said is looking to be under more and more pressure so what does that mean for Loud um, very tough um, on Mickey Hart in his first reign um, unless we obviously got to the final which the draws haven't even been made yet for who are going to be playing or what the championship draw looks like but especially with league is still up in the air as well. You know, I think Mickey in his first season would have got a run in the Talton Cup and maybe won it. Or earmarked winning. We know success in the McKenna Cup, that subsidiary competition in the north that he won and won about 10 or 11 with his reign in, in Tyrone those seasons. So he would have been targeting winning the Talton Cup and getting that place standing for the next year. Talton Cup, if you all remember, was postponed last year. It was brought in fresh last year before the pandemic struck. It's Division 3 and Division 4 teams. If you're better in the Championship, there's no qualifiers. You go straight into a kind of knockout B Championship, effectively. So that's kind of devastating that that won't be in play. Uh, it'll mean it'll speed up the club championships in the county. As soon as Laird is knocked out of the Championship, you get the club going, get the club leagues, possibly, and then club championships going. So it's good in that point of view. But in the county level, you're looking at Mickey Taw. Like, Mickey could get maybe two, three, maximum three or four games this year. Whereas he goes in, if we lose one championship game, you get big learnings from that. He uses them, brings it to Tottenham Cup and then maybe rolls on, gets a bit of momentum with the lads and wins, it, wins that competition and then has that confidence going in. He gets to know his players even better. So it's just a bit of a disaster the way that happened. The way that it's not going to happen. Look, I'm not, I'm not giving out about my uh, predictions earlier on. 
But um, Tom Ryan is quoted as saying that the Tottenham Cup looks to be made way and it's slowly but surely looking the way the weeks are dwindling down that it's going to be it's going to be uh, the same as last year. So we'll hold out on that, hold out on bated breath. And we we'll get into now the, uh, the annual Congress report. We we'll go through each and every motion. In the words of a broken heart, it's just Ah, yeah, just a little bit of Bee Gees there just to help me get psyched up for it. And um, before, I just want to get the motions in front of me here. Yeah, like there's a cut, like overall, what was the 48 motions in total? Um, we won't be going through each and every one of them because 10 of them has been deferred. They wanted to be talked, similar to the loud transfers, why they're not being talked about or why they're not being done. They want to be done in person because a little bit of nuance to them. Um, try and hold them off so there's going to be a special con- congress for them uh, ten. so there's 38 other ones 38 other ones there that went through on the day and a lot of them were passed through already um, and so a lot of them say about 9 of them were to do a world GA and kind of kind of what would you say dotting the I's and crossing the T's with the world GA and having their um having their kind of input into the thing and having a kind of overall basis of um, GA and trying to include them in it in the, in more and more because it's becoming more global the game as we see with the new um, they're on um, Larry McCarthy took over from John Horan on the weekend and actually just before I do get into the full motion report Larry McCarthy was in Drogheda he was canv- canvassing I think it was it was either before it was either before the Awfully game at home or the Tipperary game. But he came in very unassuming, man. Uh, came in on his own. No airs or graces. Just came in, popped in, sat, had a chat with a couple of lads. Um, and myself and that. And uh, very dead on, very down to earth. Very practical sense of a man. Um, just, he, he's a very intelligent person. Um, professor of economics. Uh, that's what he, he lectures in. And you can see that in him. He's like very straightforward, very kind of analytical thing. I see he's looking around Drogheda and thinking, "What's going on here?" So hopefully he's first hand now. He can he can back us going forward in the pick a house and getting a, a, the new stadium in Dundalk up and going. But um, yeah, that was Larry McCarthy. He was in Drogheda and a sound scout and best of luck to him in in charge of three years. He he obviously he already has a hand like a a, bit, a tough hand. He's been he's been given with the kind of the deficit and funding and but maybe his business degree, teaching and all that kind of background will suit him. Will will be perfectly fitted at the moment. Maybe that's kind of why uh, he has been voting. Maybe on that kind of credentials, and I suppose with that world aspect as well. He's from Bishopstown. That was his original club, and he's floating around Dublin somewhere. And then he's in New York. That's his club, his Sligo club in New York, and they're the one to push him through. So he's, he's representing New York effectively. So that's kind of global identity there. And uh, he came home for the Congress, which was on uh, on Microsoft Teams. I'd say it's still up there. You could probably watch it back if you're if that way and down. But um, he uh, he got the COVID jab and he got he got over and he quarantined beforehand so he was fully okay to, to, to come and do the Congress for 2021 but yeah we, we'll get into it and there's a couple of them yeah like I said one of them has been passed through and that is motion number four sorry just a sheet of paper here in front of me sorry motion number seven I think it was it was the um, the captains lifting joint captains lifting the trophy 
So I, I don't know why the big kind of issue or push on Motion 7 was, like, with joint captains coming up and no longer. It nearly wasn't uh, joint captains that was doing it. It was it was more like a captain and then they dedicated to a long-serving player or a player that was injured or a player that uh, was inspirational down through the years, like a back or a lad that overcame an injury or a lad that got the winning point or something like that. Like, you even seen it this year, James Costa from the Brides, he called up... Um, Aaron High, I think did JP come in for Mick Fanning for the for the Jocks when they left the Joe over for the first time. I know he's beckoned over, but maybe he didn't come over in the end. And then uh, Darren McConnell and Hugh McGrain for Tohor. They were uh, kind of well. Darren McConnell was injured at the time, but maybe they did lift the trophy together. But I don't know. I don't know what the big deal was over it. Like, um, I think it's kind of an emotional thing and a kind of a sentimental thing. And like, pfft, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I know it says here we'll no longer be allowed. But like, what's going to happen? Is there going to be a big sanction? Who's going to push that through and say no? That was bad form for him lifting the trophy. Especially, like I said, when it's a sentimental thing. Imagine the jocks getting in trouble for JP Rooney or Aaron, or Aaron High getting the brides in trouble for lifting the the Seamus Flood Cup. You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's nonsense, really. But, right, so there is a couple of big ones. I mentioned there there's 48, but there's only, there's only a couple that are really, really kind of, really kind of, well, there is there's anti, there's, uh, anti-doping ones, and there's one, say, Motion 10, where you have to go online and do a course. That'll kind of cover their back, so if you don't do it, you get, you get a fine. Or you get you miss a game, you get suspended for one match if you don't do the course and carry it out. Um. Yeah, there was about what was a five real main motions, um, and the the first couple, the, the way the, the first kind of the way you'd break it down would be in terms of the calendar, when the games are going to be played off. There's dates given for all of all Ireland finals and Sigerson cups and that and Fitzgibbon cups and it it, it it's kind of it's good and it's it's just owning now to the split season that's going to become a thing. This intercounty football is going to be the start of the year. And then club pop is going to be second half of the year. But then the way that works out well, it could mean a lot more well planned for loud in terms of you can play your shield and cup your Kevin Mullen shield right say right say in the middle of May and June. Good weather, um, maybe April, May, June. Good weather, good pitches, uh, good times of year. Bump it up and play a load of games in that kind of those competitions before the league and championship happens in the second part of the year. Um, realistically December January February I love February today has been fantastic super day outside but you don't want to be really play football out in, in those type, types of year you don't want to be even doing your pre-season that time of year so it kind of stretches the year out kind of so you're going to be doing your pre-season say March April you know eight week block there pre-season you'll be sorted for come league and championship um, all the while not getting Called off or fixtures messed up with with the county. It's it, it, the official thing is that it was that was post that was posted through on the motion was um, the the hurling the the senior the All Ireland senior finals hurling football will will be played before the twenty ninth Sunday of the year, uh, so that's July. So it'll be either if if it's the the saved if the if there's a Sunday on the first of January, then it'll be the thirtieth Sunday of the year. So it'll be like. It'll, it, all Ireland finals will be played in July end of so 
August onwards you have the entire club calendar the GA calendar free for club so that, that bodes really well especially going on last year's championship in Loud there was no conflict of interest lads knew when to do it when it was happening and when to plan so that means you have a whole window open there no replays no clashes not even like it would loud you don't know what when when they're gonna have like how far they're gonna go how short they're gonna go um just means it is in place it'll be no longer than july so even you could say that in terms of lads you know yourself booking holidays want to get away in the summer and go in may and go in july when the county's on and uh, which usually was the case you'd nearly book it when loud were playing that weekend before loud were playing you know you could you know there was going to be no club action because the, the inter-county games were on. You wouldn't miss out on the club game. Well, that's the way I would have been thinking anyway. The other motion is, doesn't really concern Loud, but it thought I'd mention anyway, is the maximum of 16 teams in a club season at representing senior kind of championships. So, like the likes of Cork, Dublin, maybe uh, Limerick, with a big champ. Tyrone actually, they kicked up a stink about it. But uh, 16 teams in the championship kind of it's worked well for Loud in the past few seasons. That there's 12 teams, and um, a couple of other that shoot through them here. And <coughs> um, the Hurling Championship under 20 wouldn't really matter to affect us. And um, the, the motion 15, the Tier One Senior Intercounty Hurling Championship match. If a player plays in Tier One Hurling, then they're not able to play in under 20. So yeah, it probably doesn't affect us, but it has affected us in football. Um, recently as last year loud and awfully on the 20s then the 6th and Cup that'll be played by the 8th Sunday and uh, or the 7th Sunday and the Fitzgibbon Cup will be the 8th Sunday of the year so that's motion 16 and then the pro, the post primary schools competitions all around the championships they'll be completed uh, by Patrick's Day so there's kind of there's that emphasis there and so like look at it'll be college it'll be college be played in January February it'll free them up for then and then you're looking at kind of indicated taking over for that when it comes and when it happens then another thing is the All-Ireland Junior Football Championship that's kind of been invigorated again got back and the reason that affects Loud so much because so you have a semi-final the motion was and it was passed that the semi-final lineup of the winners and the runners-up of the British Junior Championship would play Kilkenny in New York annually as well so that's back and that, that kind of gives it that kind of that kind of um, I suppose global aspect that McCar- uh, McCarthy's brought into it as well but uh, yeah so they're all they're all voting they're kind of calendar kind of I suppose you put that in calendar motions um, you're kind of get, getting into it now in the uh, probably later on now this is kind of the big one uh, motion 20 and uh, you probably would have heard the most talk about it in terms of the hurling um, the new penalties for literally penalties for aggressive and cynical fouls in Horland football Horland there'll be a sin bin now it's been passed the motion has been passed that if a cynical foul is committed an attacking player goal scoring opportunity inside the 20 metre line or a semi-circular arc then a penalty will be awarded to the team affected that was motion 20 and then motion 21 you can play on as well there was a, there was a um, like there's an advantage rule there he play on for five seconds and then if the penalty would be awarded if the foul, if 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 there was no advantage if the, if the kind of balls up the chance of the goal chance it doesn't happen so that's been brought in and it's it's for a trial those, those two motions be trial for the year um so you're going to get like a penalty for for a goal for cynical play and that that is 
that that makes it exciting, especially when you look at RD last year, their ability to go and get goals. Like they're going to um like they're going they they that's their kinda oh oh just up uh oh just up that they will go for goals. They um, they try and get in the back line and, and get those goals. The blues as well can go for goals as well. Like it would be necessarily a big cynical thing in loud where you're pulled down because you kind of once you once you're through, you'll get your you'll get your um, you'll get your chance. Like unless it's a really I can't I can't think off the top of my head a really outstanding cynical moment in in loud club football this past few years. Probably should have been more cynical moments, but there hasn't. Um, so now that kind of it is a penalty. But then you look at it maybe. You take a chance of a penalty, um, like the way the way like the, the good keepers are at the moment. You look at Craig Lynch saving the in the senior final. You know if he if the goal if they, if they take that goal chance early on that that already it's a different game. You know the confidence could have boosted them. They could have been a little bit more ahead in the, in the scoreboard at that time. Um, for me, I don't know. It's not really. It's 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 very exciting if it goes through, but I don't think there's that much of a deterrent needed in loud. Like if you get into twenty minutes, like maybe there might be the corner bag might be dragged. Like it's it's hard to know. Like inside the twenty meter line, all right, you might be out in the corner and you might be driving along the sideline, but like could be cynical. But like there mightn't be a chance of a goal. This all all comes again then. Uh, whether the referee deems it a goal scoring opportunity or not so I don't know it's hard to know but penalty takers get practicing and keepers get, get practicing with their uh, penalty saving or visualising what, what way the, the lad will go or how to get how to get your corners covered so um, yeah that, that was voted through like it's all done in Microsoft Teams they all got their hands up and what have you so it's very it's, it's mad the way it's all kind of it's just second nature now doing everything online and like even with that Pierce Oak podcast we did with with, with uh, Junior Smith, Daddy, there was the most attended. Um, it's the most attended um, AGM due to the Zoom that a lot of people have, are are signing in. Most attended in years, I should say. And I was talking to even another person today, and they said the same thing: massive committee meeting attendance because they're at home and they can just do it and click on it and watch it. Let's just. That's just another way to do it. Um, another one as well is Motion Twenty Two, and it's like the uh, sorry, no, it was Motion Twenty Two is to deal with the like players coming in. Uh, sorry, no, um, officials getting um, suspended in in terms of it won't be t- it, it's matches suspensions rather than time suspensions, which I think is far greater because I remember sometimes. A lad got a suspension for six months and he only missed one game and a lad could get suspended for a month and he could miss four or five games. Imagine you were suspended last year's championship. No, another one, very important one, is Motion 23. This, uh, it deals with like, remember if you if you remember a couple of years ago, Dublin, Marishka and the Horland team, just caught, uh, TJ Reid was taking a f- quick free and he, he just intercepted it. <laughs> just came on the pitch and intercepted it. I would have seen it a lot in, in uh, Newry. In Ulster, where they'll come out and just kind of the mayorish girl come out and instructions just when they're taking when the when the uh, opposing team is taking a kick out, he'll slow it right down, he'll run in that direction, and the referee will make them retake it because the mayorish is on the field, get them off the field. So it's kind of it's a yellow card. If, you, if anyone else is not uh, medical, 
and they're on like and they haven't been called on the field by the referee you're getting a, a yellow card do it again obviously red card and then if uh, I think if you do it for a toward time you get a one match suspension so that, it was interesting to see that and then another motion there I see a motion 24 um, would be it's kind of extending the scope of the rule dealing with abuse like it's of a racist sectarian or anti, anti-inclusion nature against an opponent such as abuse against a match official as well so we see that creeping in more and more that kind of verbal kind of oh it's just horrible like disgust at, at someone so at all across the board so that's just widening that scope and it's the, it's the correct decision it just shows the trend of thing as well Another, I don't know where the motion is but it um, like a blood sub except it's like a head injury sub for that. that that could be maybe manipulated but you wouldn't like to see it but you see more head injuries happening in rugby like every every bloody second minute is a HIA don't think it's as prevalent in GAA or in our football Um the head injuries in terms of concussion I know they do happen but um, not as just the way the tackle is and the way the lads are more skillful and they're not as they're not, I know they are getting more physical but there's more it's still more of a skill based game and where your your hands are and where your, where your arms are now it does happen if there's a high collision or a high ball or high arm or high tackle but not necessarily but it's good to have that rule there in at the moment and then another one and uh, I'll probably I'll finish with this one. It's um, I, it's actually happened to me as well. It's <laughs> it's a team. If like if you're stuck for players, um, and you've just thirteen, and usually you'd have to have fifteen by the end of the game, or maybe it was the end of the first half, or for start of the second half. Yeah, end of the first half, start of the second half, and that motion. Um, it's been proposed now that you you may validly finish a game with 13 players if it has to like obviously you don't get sent off in between because I remember playing I remember playing on Cooley it was a junior game and we only had 13 for the for the first half and we were scrambling ringing lads out of the bed to come down and play and make it just for the second half they said oh the game's already on but we need you to come down for the second half I think actually we did two lads did come down and, and bail us out of getting a walk over um, I think we won two yeah, the one of them came on for the second half of Stud and Golds. Yeah, I think we did win. Oh, another one. Yeah, um, you see this now, especially in the COVID era when you can hear everything and there's no crowd and and players are kind of jeering and trying to distract um, the kickouts. And now it's, it's a foul. If you attempt to distract the, uh, a kickout or a goalkeeper or a sideline kick as well, um, <laughs> you'll... Uh, you'll... Um, you get deemed it as a foul. So I, di- I didn't really know that. It says here, like, players who simply hold up their hurl or their arms upright are not regarded as causing interference. So you see lads pulling up their arms, trying to point it out and call it out, but it deemed a foul. So maybe it's just an aggressive nature of that as well. Um, that That's all the um, motions. Well, there's loads of the world ones to finish, but there is a couple of other 10 that have been deferred for the special congress but um yeah john horan is 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 gone he's done his three years and you know he's solid solid pair of hands probably a very well-known one due to the pandemic and the way things transpired with dublin and and what have you he'd be always very um memorized historically 
Um, he did the rounds at all, did the Loud schools a couple of years ago as well, so he be well known around the county of Loud as well. But uh, yeah, like I said, Larry McCarthy comes in very unassuming, but uh, comes from that business mind, that economical kind of background. So he kind of pushed the, uh, the the he tried to push the kind of GA in that sort of in that sort of line because they look like they have a deficit, and it looks like it's going to be a further deficit this year, the way money is going, and the way the kind of COVID is going. Um, it doesn't look it, it's going to be more or less the same as last year maybe behind closed doors maybe to get crowds in for later on but like I said at the start of the podcast I won't be making any more uh, quick rash uh, <laughs> predictions uh, I'll save the predictions but that concludes the motions they're all the motions that concludes um, the annual congress report that how it's going to affect loud um, Q BGs. in the words of a broken heart it's just yeah, so not a massive uh, week on the podcast. Um, I had Carol Kane, national journalist. We're having more and more national journalists on to talk local things, I suppose. Um, like they're talking local and they talk about Laird, but Carol had a really good article during the week talking about PlayStations and selling them and getting rid of them and what you can produce, like the likes of Jack McCaffrey and Brian Fenton, two player of the years probably one of the most outstanding both players in the positions of all time wing back and midfield um, just to, to, he just kind of based it off the point that um, Jack McCaffrey didn't even have television in his house and uh, the Fentons they didn't they didn't have um, they didn't have a Playstation in their house as well so it just it, it suited them fairly well but um I just I I I'd give you a listen now. I just ask her like, like, like I suppose you could ask yourself even when was the last time you see a gang of kids knocking and playing playing ball in this state? Maybe it's probably a little bit more at the moment now with the uh, with COVID, but maybe it's probably because a lot of kids are off school and that. But anecdotally, you'd probably see it that there's not as many kids out playing. They're not out playing the, f- the football on the green. As much as usual, but that, that's what we get into here with Cahar and just uh, the snippet that from from this week's podcast. But it's not just you, you know what I mean. It's not just an individual thing because I know myself. Like if if you'd been in that position and you were going out and there was nobody else interested in going out and playing, well, you probably would have just come back in or been beating at the door. But you know mm. what I mean. You're only playing your own for so long, like and but. We could have maybe, you know, like I come from a tiny, a tiny wee hamlet of a place that there's hardly even 200 people in. But we could have manufactured on a good evening, we could have manufactured 20 or 22 boys for a, for a kickabout up the back, like as we called it. Mm-hmm. And, and those sustained us through summers. And then on a good, you know, if you got a good Saturday afternoon, it was everybody up to the Gaelic pitch and we played soccer. But um, everybody up to the pitch, which is about a mile away from our house, and you know, walked up and like, but it was a it was a group inclination, if you know what I mean. There was mm-hmm. a certain amount. So if, you know what I mean. If I didn't feel like dragging on a game of football, somebody else dragged it for a day, or and it and it went ahead. And I just and I say maybe I'm, I was just looking too insularly at at what's happening right around you. But I just don't see the same evidence. I know up the back. There's no goalposts yeah. anymore that we would have manufactured. Like, or, you know, there have been goalposts built and different things. And I just, 
I don't think younger ones are are just naturally as inclined to be doing that. And the ones that are tend to be, you know, if you find fellas up kicking a ball on their own or up around the pitch kicking points, they, they tend to already nearly be at senior yeah, level. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? They're they're at that be bit more advanced stage where and you lose so many obviously we know like the, the drop off rates between sixteen, seventeen and twenty one, twenty two at a club level are are enormous. Um and sort of trying to find ways to keep young people engaged in sport for as long as you can is it's really the trick because I if you get them into senior you get them into adult, whether they ever persist playing football or whatever, whatever it is, they might at least persist with the idea of keeping themselves fit and keeping themselves healthy. Yeah, yeah. And that that is as big a thing as anything. Yeah, so that that was Carl O'Kane, national journalist. If you like that, if you like more to hear more of that, sign up on Loud and Proud, uh, patreon.com forward slash Loud and proud. There's plenty more up there. Loads of interviews. Got through a load of interviews last month. Um, Connor Grimes, the loud footballer, talks about um, training on the Mickey Hart inside the Mickey Hart camp. We had Andrew Mackin, uh, Laurie Maher, um, player of the season. And like I said, Carol Kane, national journalist there, Colin Corrigan. They're all in it. There's loads happening. Uh, loads happening for this month as well. In March, more national journalists going to be have been lined up, ready to go uh, in the can, pre-recorded. It's going to be a busy month in March. Um, I also have. I'm going to probably just lay it out and do this, the transfers podcast. Um, looks like it's time to do it, and it needs to be done. But um, if you have signed up, thanks very much. And if you're going to sign up, thank you. Really appreciate the support for Loud and Proud. And we keep it going and keep trucking and keep producing the podcast and keeping the chat. Like I say, it's always good to talk football and you always feel great after it. Um, thanks very much for listening. Mind yourself. And if you can, mind yourself and don't make any predictions like me. But um, yeah, that's it. That's all for Loud and Proud Podcast. Hopefully I'll chat to you during the week on Patreon. If not, I'll chat to you again once again on Sunday night. Good luck. Bye bye. Say love, say